0: This episode of Continuing Mission is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your desktop or mobile device. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash FM. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Continuing Mission, our look at the ways in which fans are keeping Star Trek alive. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and the primary focus of this show is on the fan series, or as I prefer to call them, independent productions that tell new stories set in the Star Trek universe. On a previous show, we talked with actress Ashley Victoria Robinson and filmmaker Jason Inman about their comedic web series, The Red Shirt Diaries. Set aboard the Enterprise during Kirk's five-year mission, the series gives us a glimpse of life aboard the ship from the point of view of a lady who may just be the luckiest redshirt in Starfleet, Ensign Williams. Season 1, which is comprised of the first 10 episodes of TOS, has been released in full and has been met with rave reviews. Now, it's time to head into Season 2, which will deliver the remaining 19 episodes from the inaugural season of the original series, And today, I'm joined once again by Ashley and Jason to find out what they have planned for us, what they plan to do differently in producing the next set of episodes, and of course, how we as the fans can help them continue the tales of the Ensign in Red. Hello, Ashley and Jason. Welcome back to Continuing Mission. I'm really excited to talk to you about your plans for the next season of the Redshirt Diaries.
1: You have no idea how excited I am to be on a podcast called Continuing Mission since we didn't know if we were ever gonna to get to season two.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: also, thank you for having us back. <laughs> yeah, that too.
1: That too. Well, I knew you were gonna to go to
0: season two because a lot of people that I talked to after only the first episode came out, they told me that, you know, this is the kind of thing that it sucks you in and you watch it and it's short but it just makes you want to go to the next episode. And any time you can create anything that makes you wish the next one was already out, you know you've succeeded.
2: Yay! Because cool. <laughs> it's been terrifying, <laughs> at least for Does me. It really? on my end.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, well, let me ask you, what's more terrifying, putting together these episodes or serving on the ship under Captain
1: Kirk?
2: Well, uh, Captain Kirk is pretty cute, so at least there's that.
1: See, I'm the captain, so the episodes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the episodes, I would say, are far more terrifying. Because <laughs> you get to look back on them and be like, what is wrong with my face? And why did I say that? <laughs> when you're living on the Enterprise, you just have to deal with it or you'll die. It's all right in the moment.
0: I think my favorite line was talking about Captain Kirk and serving under him. <laughs> was when you asked Uhura if that's a ship rule or a Captain Captain Kirk rule. (laughs) And she said that, you know, in the Enterprise, it's so hard to tell.
2: Yeah, but it's true. (laughs) Like we wrote that because our actress is very funny and we definitely wanted Uhura to be like more comedic. But I feel like it's a pretty apt observation of the way TOS goes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it really is.
0: Definitely. Well, I told you just now some of the things that I've heard from people who have watched it. Tell us a little bit about the reception that you've received. What kind of feedback have you guys gotten from viewers about the first season?
2: Uh, Well, I don't read the comments. Jason reads the comments and then he tells me about some of them. But from everything that I saw, and we had a lot of people reach out to us directly, it was really, really positive, which was really nice, because like I said, I was, I'm in a perpetual state of terror, um, making and producing and doing work on The Red shirt Diaries. But everyone who took the time to reach out had a lot of really positive things to say. Nobody emailed me directly and was like, you suck, go home, <laughs> or anything like that. Um, we did have some comments I know um, that criticized our lack of overarching narrative. But in a three minute video, that's a a little bit more difficult to achieve. But I would say overall, overall, we're like 98% incredibly positive.
0: Okay, well, it is the original series. So overarching narratives are not necessarily a part of that format in the first place.
2: Right, exactly. Um, and one of the cool things is that one of the other commenters on that particular page or forum—I can't remember—but they came to our defense. They were like, "Dude, it's a three-minute video. Like, what do you want?" <laughs> so it was cool to see people, you know, coming to bat for us. Uh, yeah. It was really nice.
0: So, Jason, you're reading the comments, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I don't read comments online unless they're in our discussion forum. I don't read YouTube video
1: comments. Oh, you didn't what see what I wrote been for you seeing? then? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go right and delete that right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, with comment threads, you know, I just, I, when I read an article or I watch a video or something, I generally don't read the comments because, you. I mean, the stuff people say sometimes is, is really crazy. But tell us, what have you been reading? Have you gotten anything <laughs> that really, really surprised you?
1: Well, it's interesting because um, reading the comments on YouTube are kind of different to where reading the comments on different sites, because we've had some sites post the uh, the web series. And mm-hmm. I, I go read those comments too. And um, the s- comments on the websites are all about like, they're either half and half like, man, Ensign Williams is so hot. Or, <laughs> or like, man, this is terrible, but that Williams is so hot.
2: Yeah, they keep, keep coming back to that. Someone proposed to me on Facebook. So. Um, the YouTube oh, really? comments wow.
1: and the Twitter comments have been exceedingly positive like insanely positive and the an overwhelming comment that i've seen on more than one episode has been that we have gotten people to watch the original series because they want to understand every joke we're making so they'll watch the episode and they'll say like huh i didn't quite get that one joke and then I'll see a comment like two hours later from that exact same user and they'll be like, I watched it. I totally get it. This is so cool. I'm going to watch original series along with this. And and because of that now, too, I've noticed, especially in the last episode, we were just released last episode that a lot of people are now go make all 69, go make all 69, make every mm-hmm. episode.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I love that when, I believe it was when Gary Mitchell died, right, Ashley, that you're putting the picture on the wall and you're actually singing the original lyrics that Gene Roddenberry <laughs> wrote to the theme from the original series that, that many that people don't Jason's know That was Jason's idea.
2: And <laughs> our wonderful first AD Jordan is holding the iPad off camera just to give you a little bit of inside baseball. Yeah, that was actually, I think it was the last minute, something we decided on the day of. Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons no that for, wasn't last minute. I, oh, I feel like it was uh, as soon as we That's started. I as it. soon
1: as we started writing, I so wanted you to sing that song. I because I, I've known about that song for a long time, and I'm like, nope, she's gonna sing that song.
2: Well, I didn't know it was happening. <laughs> uh, but it's one of the reasons that we decided that Gary Mitchell was gonna be my space crush in that episode is because we were watching it, and I don't think I'd ever seen it before. And he came on, and I was like, man, he's like really good. This actor is amazing, and I was like, and he's the cutest guy on board, and so. <laughs> It's like, well, I guess he'll be my crush.
0: Well, what I saw in it when you were singing that was that these are people that really know the original series because this is the kind of stuff that the average fan's not going to just pull out here. Jason, let me ask you because you said that you, you know, you have these ideas and you were thinking about the story with Gary. When you're coming up with the stories and you're thinking about things you might use, there's the point where we see Gary on the the biobed in Sickbay when he's looking over with the silver <laughs> eyes. But it comes off so much like, you know, like there's this communication between Ensign Williams and him. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your process when you're coming up with these stories and you're just running through your head, things from the episode that you're going to pull out and, and actually squeeze into these three minutes. Oh, man. Nailed it.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a good one because um, I will say that when we... So there, we're talking about the scene where, if your listeners that don't know... Um, Gary Mitchell gets his powers, and he looks um, at Ensign Williams, and uh, Ensign Williams thinks it's like him talking to her and communicating, but, but it's actually him, like screen, scowling. Of course. He's yeah, he's not
0: looking at her in
1: person, but hey, on the views. We had
2: a yeah. deep spiritual connection. Yeah, yeah, he's through the ages. He's <laughs> still alive. He's still alive.
1: He could have showed up, um, <laughs> but um, no, I think it was something that like um, I had this weird, uncanny ability to like look at the original series and kind of be like, we've got to talk about this or or, or we've got to sense this. And um, as soon as they did that scene where in, in the original episode where Kirk and Spock are watching him on the monitor and he just whips over and looks at him, I mm-hmm. was just like, we've got to comment on that. Like, that's such a moment. It was the same thing of why we talked about Gertrude the space plant in our episode The Man Trap, because you're watching The Man Trap and then for no reason at all, they go into the botany, well, I want to call it the botany bay, even though I know that's not right. The botanical? It's
2: a, I think it's just botany room. The
1: botany room. <laughs> and there's this person's hand in a pink glove as a space yep. plant. And you're just like, what? <laughs> and, 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 and for the time, you know, for the time they were doing it, it works. But, like, looking at it now, we're just like, why did they do that? And, and
2: Why did they put those weird contacts on this poor actor who can't blink for the rest of the yeah, show? Yeah, and why <laughs> did they
1: decide to do a scene where Kirk and Spock are basically kind of perving on Gary Mitchell? <laughs> you know? It's because
2: he's hot, I'm telling you. Well, I
1: mean, he was a great actor in that episode. Um, so it was always, like, that's the stuff I really loved about Redshirt Diaries. Like, I really loved the commenting on stuff that, like... If you were the fly on the wall in this scene, like if you're one of the other crewmen on that bridge, and you see Kirk and Spock doing this, aren't you thinking to yourself, like, do they do that to everybody? Can they look yeah, in? Right? Can they look in anybody's quarters?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> um, it, it's also like it's it, it, that was where like the main joke of the Corbomite maneuvered episode we did because. Uh, the Fisarius is so bright and they do all these shots of everybody in the bridge being like, ah, it's so bright. I got to cover my eyes. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? There has to be people on that ship that were off duty, sleeping. (laughs) And if they have a window, oh my God, that would have been the worst night in the history of the Enterprise for them.
2: To be fair, you only see like five portholes on all of the Enterprise. (laughs) I love
1: that comment.
0: (laughs) I love that comment. It's like, You'd be surprised. There are almost no windows
1: on this ship. There are like six of
0: them. That's it.
2: It's true. I think we looked on a schematic and there were like
1: eight. I think we They're counted. Very, I think very, very we counted small. before we decided that Ensign Williams should have one.
2: Yeah. But then we arbitrarily added another one.
0: <laughs> you know, that's something that I hear fans complain about with the remastered original series is that the model isn't done very well. The the CGI model isn't done very well. Did they add windows? It should have more windows. But, you know, the original <laughs> didn't have all those windows. So you wouldn't want to put windows all over the remastered one then it wouldn't be authentic anymore right (laughs) so talking about the episode with Gary Mitchell there though what I also loved was at the beginning where even though it's what the third one that you do you're rewinding like what's this old log doing here and then your demeanor like it's the very first one you're recording ever and you're kind of uncomfortable (laughs) with the recorder at this point I thought was really brilliant
2: thanks we really wanted to keep the Well, we went with the Netflix order, which I think is the broadcast order, um, Mm -hmm. because that's where we thought that people would be watching along. And that was, we're like, this is a mildly clever plot device to use that with. And I think it was the second one that we'd recorded that day. So it's pretty true to form that I don't quite know what I'm doing yet. Mm. (laughs) Because the first one we did was actually the Man Trap, which is sort of a nice parallel.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought that worked really well. Well, speaking of the man trap, last time you were here, we talked a lot about your search in Home Depot for the perfect pink glove for Gertrude. Oh my
2: God, so many stores. And we just <laughs> talked
0: about Gertrude a little bit here. And I did notice one thing about Gertrude. First of all, I loved seeing the glove that you finally chose and what it looked like. But I also noticed that Gertrude really reminded me of Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street.
2: Oh my God, I will take and, that. And That's also fantastic.
0: <laughs> Animal from The Muppet Show.
2: That's such an amazing compliment. <laughs> I've, uh,
1: I've been told by uh, so many people throughout my life that I should have become a puppeteer for the Muppets. So yeah. you saying that has now validated all those comments.
0: Awesome. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, let's talk about a few more takes on the characters. One question that I had for you guys is, am I picking up the vibes correctly here? Does Uhura what? have the hots for Vincent
1: William's?
2: Oh, Jason, I'm totally putting that question to you because you made her crazy.
1: <laughs> uh, the official answer is no, but since you picked up on that chemistry, maybe that's something we can throw in for season two. It's
2: because you made her say space loving.
1: Oh, no, that's just her being sassy.
2: <laughs> and Southern. Like
1: yeah. Caressing
0: she, your shoulder and caressing your hair. And
2: space cotton. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, she I seemed think, like she was really into you. Listen,
1: Uhura is a free Nyota. Is a free loving space girl, and there are Uhura so
2: does mean freedom.
1: And there, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there are so many episodes where Uhura just because loves to sing, get up and dance a little. In fact, there's a movie plot point that's all around her famous fan dance. So she's pretty free. She's pretty open. What you're interpreting as as romantic interest is actually a, a free loving space loving southern not really southern space girl how many more spaces our, are at, on there? our
2: actress was southern which is more yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no in my head in our universe her i love scotty
2: really mm-hmm. uh, i didn't know that that's an interesting fan canon
0: <laughs> yeah well that's why she brings him food packs when he's trying to fix the enterprise
1: yeah so well nice. we're
2: gonna see scotty in season two hopefully so maybe that's the story beat the we'll hit. yeah
1: we've talked to an actor <laughs> to play our scotty on screen
2: and he's uh, he's actually from across the pond. So hopefully that works out.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Well, I also wanted to ask you about the source of inspiration for Ensign Williams's love of Gary Mitchell and also Dr. McCoy. So Ashley, does that come from your personal interest in these actors? Or is that something that was just created for Ensign Williams?
2: Um, I know Gary Mitchell definitely does. And I think... The idea behind Dr. McCoy was supposed to be a joke originally because he was he's the oldest actor on board. He's probably one of the oldest characters aboard the Enterprise.
1: It actually came from a little bit of um, the last episode that we filmed for all 10 was actually the Miri episode of the Dr. McCoy. And we cast uh, Sterling Gates uh, because he was a very good friend of ours and he's a lot of fun. And we and he
2: agreed to do it. And he agreed to do
1: it. <laughs> and we wanted the last episode to be like a really fun one. Like we wanted to kind of goof around with one of our friends and Sterling was totally game. And so we thought that it would add a little bit of conflict into the story if, you know, she just thinks that Dr. McCoy is a silver fox, you know, and just, you know, he... You know, I think it's one of those crushes that you probably wouldn't act on like weird
2: old man crushes, well, like
1: you know, like, and I know your dislike for George Clooney, but for most women, I
2: don't like George Clooney, uh,
1: that's true. uh who like George Clooney you know that that's kind of the impression we took at, but but Gary's the true love,
2: so we're basically saying that Dr. McCoy is George Clooney,
1: yes, to, to ensign Williams,
2: I was just gonna say, in general,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was
0: curious the inspiration there because I hear so many. I know so many fans who love DeForest Kelly. They just love Dr. McCoy. So
2: I mean he's fantastic and he doesn't age from the original series into all of the movies.
0: And I
1: love Dr. McCoy yeah. and all those black and white westerns before Star Trek too. Mm-hmm, <laughs> where he's basically playing Dr. McCoy.
0: All right. Well let's go on to season two here. Talk about your plans for season two. Now, this is you're following the same path that the band Five Year Mission followed, whereas their year two album is actually a continuation of episodes from season one of the series. Nice. And <laughs> at first I thought, okay, so I was watching your video for your Indiegogo campaign and you talk about continuing season one. And my initial thought was, oh, they're going to do the next 10 episodes. And then you said, all the remaining episodes of season one. And then I got really excited. Although then I wasn't able to, you know, pick out which ones I might want to see because you're going to do them all. But (laughs) tell us which ones you already have story ideas for and which ones you're most looking forward to.
2: I'm most looking forward to doing the arena because it was the first episode of Star Trek that I ever saw. And we live right near Vasquez Rocks. And I really want to go there. And well, we went there already um, and did a little... I guess, test shoot or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I just want to go there and run around, and I want there to be a Gorn and do an away mission. It'll be really exciting. That's what I'm most looking forward to.
0: <laughs> what kind of story idea do you have, Jason, for Arena?
1: Uh, Well, the story idea I have for Arena is this. If you remember in the episode, the highest-ranked officers of both ships, the Gorn ship and the Federation ship, were beamed down to the planet by the Metrons. Well, they didn't just beam down the highest officers, they also beamed down the lowest ranking officers as well. Uh, so okay. it's Captain Kirk and the Gorn Captain, as well as Ensign Williams versus the Gorn Ensign.
2: <laughs> Who will be played by somebody in a Gorn suit.
1: Yeah. yeah. So so imagine a lot of slapping, a lot of slap, <laughs> slap fights. Um, a Gorn that's just as confused to be on his ship as in St. Williams is to be on hers. And um, we definitely will see somebody pack a log with pebbles and try to make a cannon. But let's just say that they didn't quite study their chemistry books for kick-ass as much as Captain Kirk did.
2: Wow.
0: <laughs> well, I certainly hope that at the end of the episode... You know, the episode ends and then you have your little teaser for the upcoming ones, and then you have the little stinger at the end. Yeah. I really hope the stinger at the end is the Gorn Ensign recording its log back on its own ship. Oh,
2: oh, copyright, red shirt diary <laughs> season two. <laughs> I'll give you I'll give you a story credit on that. <laughs> That's a great idea.
1: That would be <laughs> awesome. We're writing that down right now. Yeah, but. for real. <laughs>
2: Um, I would say, though, that most of the ideas that we have for the second season are more overarching, like, narratives. Um, like, we have Cat Roberts, who played Palmer in Star Trek Continues. She's going to come on and be Yeoman Rand for us, which is super exciting, and she's super oh, so she's not nice. going to
0: be Yeoman Randy anymore, huh?
2: Well, she might be. <laughs> but we really want to play out their rivalry, sort of as an overarching yeah. thing across different episodes. And, like, I'm super excited for that because... Um I thought Yeoman Rand was silly. And well, I was
0: gonna say, I mean, the rivalry is already set up in season one because clearly Ensign Williams thinks that Rand is a complete hack.
2: Yeah, well, she says in I believe it's the Gary Mitchell episode that uh she used to be Ensign Williams used to be a yeoman under Captain Pike, so she knows a thing right. or two about how that job is supposed to be done. Yeah,
1: and we and, and a lot of people uh ganked us on this, which is totally true, is that Ensign Williams probably could not have been Captain Pike's yeoman. She's not old enough. Uh, She's not old enough, but we're going to go for it. And in our universe, this is how the story goes. She was right out of Starfleet Academy. She became a yeoman for Pike on the Enterprise. If you notice in the cage, Pike drinks a lot and he's constantly t- talking about quitting and he's breaking glasses and stuff like that. He's kind of cantankerous. And so mm-hmm. the idea is that Ensign William's first week on the Enterprise was pretty horrible and Pike was pretty horrible and it probably had a, uh, an alcoholic rage something and scared her out of Starfleet for five years. <laughs> and then she came back and she actually got her commission and then she joined the Enterprise again. So so that's that's her unofficial because we do actually have a hope of after season two of doing a bonus episode that is the cage.
2: Because it was actually the first episode that I ever wrote was the cage. And we were like, maybe we'll do this someday. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That would be
0: cool. Yeah. So what else do you have ideas for in this one? I'll tell you one that I'm really looking forward to. You're
1: giving us gold. So go ahead.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I want to know what you guys are going to do with Operation Annihilate because you know those things to me they always look like fried eggs so i can see a whole breakfast theme going on here
1: what are the name of them i, I can't they're on the, it's on the tip of my tongue um what are the what are they called um, i don't
0: remember the actual names of the creatures themselves isn't it is the horda sort of, no that's the devil in the dark okay, i'm talking okay, about I'm the when they go down to the planet where kirk's brother was stationed yeah. at, and all these like leech type amoeba things come on their
1: backs those
2: are the creatures I we don't have to build to one of those.
0: <laughs>
1: um, that's actually one that we don't know because um that's the season finale, I believe. It is. I think it is. Right. Um and and um we don't know because we have a couple ideas for how we want to in- we have some loose ideas of how we want to end the season. And um that might be one where we stray further away from the actual established episode. Because we want to give maybe Ensign Williams her own ending. Um,
2: Since we don't know if it'll go beyond season two. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we do The, defi- the only definite I- idea I can tell you for that episode is that we are going to have a recurring storyline through our own episodes that we're introducing Admiral Williams into season two, uh, played by oh, Scott okay. Johnson, who is the host of uh, The Morning Stream. And he's going to be Ensign Williams' father. He's a rival of Kirk. Apparently, he's a guy that does not like Kirk at all. And... He's going to be trying to contact his daughter throughout the season, and the idea <laughs> is is that we don't know why he's trying to get a hold of her. And um, Operation Annihilate will probably have the conclusion of that storyline, um, and we haven't quite decided how we want to do that yet, or anything like that.
0: He's calling her to warn her about the space eggs,
1: or if something. You see oh, yeah. Flying <laughs> eggs around, steer yeah. clear. Um, but yeah, but like we want to see like, yeah, just a running theme throughout like previous episodes where like he's like, they're like, we have a voicemail from your father or whatever. And she's just like, <laughs> nah, delete.
0: Oh. <laughs> you guys need to get corporate sponsors like like when you watch Survivor and they get a message, but it's on their Sprint phone. Right. It could be like that. The, the voicemail finally comes in, but it's on, you know, like the Galaxy 18 whatever phone that she has to use. Yeah, whatever, whatever to fund you.
2: company makes the giant pads. We just oh, keep yeah. using the iPad as a prop. <laughs> I wish we had corporate exactly. sponsorship.
1: <laughs> um, some other ideas we have are um, balance of terror. I, I like the idea of that the Romulan commander, you know, his ship is kind of like buggy and it's kind of failing on power because they're using so much power for the cloaking device that mm. every time he calls the Enterprise, he doesn't always get the bridge. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like he this Romulan commander is gonna just keep keep getting madder and madder because he keeps like talking to Anson Williams and he's like, You're not Kirk, who are you? <laughs> um what, is, what are the other episodes? Um have, Oh, This Side of Paradise. Yeah, we have Leela. Yeah, we have Leela. Uh I want we're gonna play with Leela coming aboard the ship and becoming jealous of or thinking that Williams is is trying to take Spock away from her.
2: I do love Spock.
0: <laughs>
1: and then uh The City on the Edge of Forever is one that we're kind of debating with. We're debating on trying an episode where we have a strong moral message, where there's a couple laughs in it, but maybe it's not completely spoofy or comedic, and maybe we sort of try to go dramatic and try to tell a a morality tale just like the original series. And we're leaning towards maybe that's the City on the Edge of Forever episode. But we haven't quite decided, but that's something we're gonna play around with too. How about shore leave? I mean, you've got giant rabbits running around. You will see Ensign Williams' nightmares.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so Captain Kirk will will abound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> she, Captain Kirk and Yoman Rand will just be there making out the entire time. And we
1: also had the idea that uh we the the bunny, uh the guy in the bunny suit, you like that he's just there and she can't explain why he's there.
2: will that be played by you probably (laughs) as all of our auxiliary characters
1: that's the one thing i want from that episode is i love that guy in the bunny suit and we're gonna have a guy in a bunny suit i guarantee it awesome
0: (laughs) that's awesome well let me ask you about one more because you mentioned this one earlier when i was talking about operation annihilate you mentioned the horda which is the devil in the dark do you have an idea for this already
1: uh we actually don't i know i want to see him I, I um
0: you just want to build a horda, right? Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do. I really
1: I really do. I want to see the horda. I don't know if we're going to be able to see the horda just for terms of budget. That means
2: I have to build it. Yeah.
1: But um I do think it would be hilarious like if she opened up like the Jeffrey's Tube and the horda just came pouring out. <laughs> you
2: know? We do we do have an idea of trying to build a Jeffrey's Tube and trying to shoot something in a Jeffrey's Tube. But that's like in addition to the new set we want to build,
1: yeah, that—that's if that's if if uh, you know the the Indiegogo goes insanely well and we make way over our goal, like that's one of our stretch goals. If we make it that far, is to build a Jeffries tube and to do a whole episode with her stuck in a Jeffries tube.
0: Well, your quarters remind me of like in a hotel when you get the room that's right next to the ice machine. Yeah. It feels like the Jeffries <laughs> tube is running right across your ceiling. And it is. <laughs> with with a and,
2: leaky, with a, a faulty panel.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Often you get unexpected and unwanted access to the Jeffreys Tube.
2: Yeah. It always makes me think of, um, there's a line in Voyager where Tom Paris says, I chased a mouse through Jeffrey's Tube 36 before. Like, yeah. that's how I imagine that Jeffrey's Tube being, like, everything horrible that winds up in there winds up over Ensign Williams' quarters.
1: He's also well, nearby the uh, gutter return for the Enterprise bowling alley
0: who exactly. <laughs> sounds like it <laughs> I don't know how much of the network here you guys actually listen to but our running joke about the next generation is that once we no longer see chief engineer argyle in season 1 no, no. he actually lives in the jefferies tubes on the ship and he <laughs> distills gin in the jefferies tubes he sells it you know underground to the crew And he also has peep holes drilled through the walls into engineering so he can keep an eye on what's going on in there.
2: It's all, uh, it's later used by (laughs) (laughs) O'Brien. Right.
0: We have to make sure you get funded for this so that we can then get you funded for the season two episodes because I cannot wait to see Cat's Paw when Jason, I know you're going to grow your hair out and cut it just like Chekhov in that
1: episode.
2: Oh, I certainly hope so. <laughs> what do well, I got
1: to play Chekhov?
2: <laughs> it's funny. There's a lot of episodes that are in season two, like Trouble with Tribbles, notably, that we really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, that's like so far off the radar because we're yeah. so just so focused on the Indiegogo.
1: See, the one that I really would love to do, well, there's two I would love to do, but they're both in season three and they're so far away, like right now, is... The Enterprise incident, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I would love to make you up as a Romulan.
2: Oh, good. We'll pay someone for yeah. that.
1: <laughs> and then uh, Spock's brain.
2: Oh, I love Spock's oh, brain. Yes. <laughs> so we have to fund. We have to get that far. Okay. I Absolutely.
1: actually, I, I, I'm one in uh, season. There, there, two in season two that I would love to do is um, a piece of the action because I would love mm. to see gangster Ensign Williams. Yeah. And. <laughs> I, I would love to do um mirror mirror, except like we'd see mirror in St. Williams. So the entire our entire God, episode. She like? Our entire episode would be in the mirror universe. And then of course I Mud because I would love to see Mud come back.
2: You just want to play Harry Mudd again. Oh <laughs> uh, he
1: was so fun. That
2: was the one that um people really liked you the most as that care as the voice of Harry Mud. <laughs> they were like the the impression is dead on.
0: Well the thing about Harry Mud is apparently he's willing to be called Nadia. If it gets him what he wants. Right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about the changes that you guys hope to make if you raise enough money through Indiegogo. One of them you just mentioned is the set and wanting to rebuild Ensign Williams's quarters. And I'm curious about that because on the one hand, I can, of course, see some reasons why you would want to do that. But on the other hand, I think that the way that you presented the quarters in season one was really fun and it really captured the spirit of the show and the idea that ensign williams is sort of tucked in these little quarters and she's one of the you know lower ranking people on the ship and she's just telling us what's going on around the ship so what what are some of the reasons why you want to rebuild the quarters in the way that you showed in the indiegogo video
1: well i can uh Give you one simple practical reason for that, and that is because the quarters of season one no longer exist, yeah. sadly, <laughs> we had to get rid of it, and uh so those walls no longer exist so oh, e- what you
2: mean? oh I guess there's two I was yeah, like, yeah. That? there oh, were, there were two no walls see, we got rid of, yeah
1: um there we we are in a small apartment and it's the only storage space we had, and these were big pieces, and we eventually had to get rid of one of them since sadly uh you know put it on the curb and so even if we built it the exact same way it w- couldn't look exact it yeah. would never look exact um, we kept
2: a lot of really key pieces off of it though we did we to kept like it to the new... we,
1: we kept like the art we kept like the red art we kept the poster we kept
2: the, okay. the the weird brown art
1: gary mitchell yeah all the little gary's scra- on the wall right all now. the little squares and pieces we've kept but like the actual walls themselves are gone um, a lot of it too well, it's i good think you is... keep
0: some of the pieces because you're going to need those in the future when you do the touring show like with star trek the <laughs> exhibition <laughs> right, where you have the instant <laughs> williams quarters reconstruction renovation project
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. Um, But but I would say another big reason is that we had no room. When we tried to bring other people on because of where we had the camera stationed, and I especially- did notice
0: that. Yeah, like in a side view, I was amazed at how the walls there and there's this chair. I think because the camera is just right in front of you, right? Yeah,
1: well, a lot of that was just picking the right lens. Like if you, if you pick the right lens, you can make that wall look a lot. And and that was a big thing. Like I was very leery of putting the Indiegogo or uh, the picture in the Indiegogo because. um I made sure that nobody in the and crew shared that until we were done because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want... It takes wa-
2: a lot of the magic it away. It takes the
1: magic <laughs> away when you see it was like, oh, we basically taped the wall up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wouldn't even say basically. I would say we taped the wall up. <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, we had limited space. So we kind of want to try to build a corner. And um, one thing that we didn't discover... Until the night before we started filming was, we didn't put, the, there's a, she has a little panel to the left of her that has all the lit up lights, mm-hmm. and I wasn't certain that was going to work. So the whole reason why there's only one panel is because we weren't certain it was going to work.
2: But it looked so good. And I
1: put it in the night before we started shooting, and it was like, oh man, we need more blinking lights in here, <laughs> you know, because they look so good. And so we want to do more stuff like that. Um i don't know it's just the 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 chance like it's like let's see what we can do um they'll still look very similar but you will just tell that she can move into like she'll she has been moved into a different quarters um which will
2: of course be a plot point it will be a
1: plot point of why she's moved
0: well getting more popular with the captain
2: I don't know if you can get more popular than Cabin and Kirk consistently breaking into your quarters.
0: Well, it's because you keep leaving your door unlocked.
2: Right, of course, Uh, like you do as a security (laughs) officer. (laughs) That is um, something that we want to develop more in season two is uh, Ensign William's relationship with Kirk. I think is definitely going to change a lot.
0: Well, what about the costumes? You do mention this, Jason, also in the video. And it's certainly something that I noticed watching it. Although it didn't bother me because, A, I understand... The reasons, you know, because you guys did this on $500 and also because it doesn't affect the story in any way in the first place. But you do sometimes come in in an Abrams verse tunic. I know one of the girls has an Abrams vs. com badge on as well. And that's something that you guys want to correct and you want to make it all TOS moving forward. I am curious. Did did you get any comments about that? Were there people that were upset about that? Lots. We of got them.
2: so much flack really? for that and Sulu having a katana instead of having a fencing foil because we yeah, had I a katana and didn't want to yeah. buy a fencing foil. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we got the most flack for that. Like a lot of what the costuming was 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 kind of what we already had. And Jason sure, was playing exactly. Kirk, yeah. and he'd been Kirk for Halloween the year before, so we already had the tunics. We were like, great, we'll do this. And like Ensign Williams is obviously not in a TOS uniform and we tried to address that with like talking about the sleeves and that's where the line that you talked about earlier the the Captain Kirk rule came from. Yeah. Um so we were kind of hoping that that would get us a little bit of leeway but no one was standing for it.
1: Yeah, that was the most commented like the probably like oh shirt's wrong like more <laughs> like more times than one. Like I uh every time Captain Kirk showed up it's it, like at least 10 shirts wrong comments.
0: Well, you know how fans are. It's like there can be the greatest episode of Star Trek with this wonderful story and this wonderful deep message and someone will watch it and the only thing they'll say about it is that phaser came out of the wrong spot on the saucer dish.
1: And especially on a show like Star Trek or even Doctor Who, like, continuity is horrible. Like, um, story continuity is usually pretty solid. Like Star Trek's usually pretty good about like making sure that the Klingons didn't show before, you know, or like, oh, we can't have triples in this episode because they haven't, you know, stuff like that. They're right, really right. solid on like races and politics. But in terms of like how technology works and whether we can, tra- the transporter can work or, or what even, color.
2: even costumes in the first season yeah, of TOS.
1: Like mm. they're pretty bad at that stuff. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm a big Star Trek fan and I readily admit they're pretty bad at it. And um, sure. yeah, so we just thought we, we kind of we did it because, again, like we had the costume and we were like, you know what? I think if our humor and our story are strong enough, people will be like you and yeah. and get it. Uh, but then, you I know, think most
2: people are, to uh, be fair. Yeah, most people are.
1: And, but, you know, we had the minority that was like wrong shirt, man. <laughs> 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 yeah. Unfortunately,
0: you're going to get that. But But it's a shame because, like I said, you know, it doesn't affect the story in any way and you guys are doing a parody it's about humor but i can understand so one thing you want to do in season two with funding is to get costumes
1: for everyone yeah we yeah. just we want to nip that in the bud
2: <laughs> <laughs> it'll also add to the overall like we definitely want season two to look better than season one and i think season one looks pretty amazing it looks better than i ever envisioned it, looks it. Great.
1: yeah um it can look a lot better
2: yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Jason it showed it to me, and I was like, "Yeah." And the <laughs> editing
0: is great. I love the way it cuts. Uh, I think, uh, Jason, I assume you did the video editing, right?
1: Indeed, sir.
0: Yeah, I think it was all brilliantly done. It's it's fantastic, and I, I mean, you can always make anything you do look better. And you guys are creatives, just like me. So no matter. How great something is that you create. You always strive to make it better and you're very critical of yourself. But I mean yeah, it's
1: never great enough. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly how it is. Um but we have the opportunity and yeah, like I mean, to not take the space pun too far, I'd like to let's like we got to warp three <laughs> in season one. I wanna see if we can hit warp five.
2: Ooh. Tremendously ambitious. Like
1: I want to get up to Archer levels. Like let's get Archer levels. Let's let's get up there. Let's let's see if we can do it. You know, and if we have the funds to do it, let's see if we can do it. And I think you know, bigger and better. Yeah. Like let's season two of Star Trek: The Original Series was definitely better than season one. I think we can all agree with that. Season three, not so much, but season two (laughs) definitely. So Redshirt Diary season two, we should follow our progenitor and be better than the first season.
2: Nice.
0: Very well. So, for fit. season three of the Red Shirt Diaries, are you guys going to intentionally slash your
1: budget and see how well you can get by?
2: Well, that's going to depend on how much people like us on Indiegogo. We're going
1: to hold a cost uh, contest on Google, and we're going <laughs> to randomly hire the first person that answers it, and they write all the episodes.
2: Oh God! <laughs> Speaking of writing, though, that is a cool thing that we're looking at doing for season two. Is we've had a lot of people. Um, expressed a lot of interest in coming on and writing um, episodes so we do want to look at having like a writer's room which sounds incredibly grown up and really interesting
1: yeah. yeah all the episodes in season one were all by me and Ashley and for season two I think we're bringing on one two three four new writers yeah that that all reached out to us and that we know and we love their work and stuff like that and we're really interested in taking a shot at a retro diary
0: that's very very cool So with Indiegogo, you guys have different levels, of course. You have some interesting contribution levels of $41. uh... (laughs) A lot
2: of that is to cover... What the cost is going to be on our end, of course. It, come on. Right, it,
1: the if if you see $30, you're bored. If you see $31, you are like, ooh. <laughs> wow, there's
0: something special there. That extra dollar gets me something.
2: Actually, the $41 level is really popular <laughs> right
1: now. No, the $45. Oh,
2: 45
1: mm, The 41 is the t-shirt and the 45 is the poster. We sold like
2: two poster. t-shirts. We sold like two posters.
1: Sure.
0: <laughs> see i like the t-shirt that says still alive after 10 episodes
2: that's the one that i want <laughs> jason designed it um as a companion to one that he's already got up that's got a male red shirt on it and i think it's really cool
1: yeah i, I a couple months ago I, I i started uh uh throwing some of my t-shirt designs up on Redbubble, and mm-hmm. i drew this red uh red shirt this male red shirt then kind of in the style of the animated series and i just put under it in words dead <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like I, I yeah so she's like kind of the companion and i thought like that would be a funny one to give to any go-go with people because um it's kind of like harry potter the boy who lived yeah mm-hmm.
0: exactly so i do have a question here what is this item that has ensign williams getting a massage that says the red shirt who lived
2: oh that's um that's actually based on one of our stills from episode five and it's when captain Kirk is uh standing behind her and she's like ducking away from him
0: uh-huh.
2: um and that's our tea blend that is a red rooibos tea oh, it okay. steeps red okay um which was something that really it's really important and um I'm making it for people with my bare hands the
1: custom blend
2: and um, a local artist here who's pretty popular on DeviantArt and Adagio Teas named Anjali made that for us in watercolor. It's really, I think it's a really cool label. So that's our Red Shirt Who Lived tea blend.
0: Okay. Okay. See, that's very, very unique. I don't think I've ever seen anyone offer a tea blend as a perk. for Well, a we're trying to be creative. Well, I I mean, I've seen the, Solid, i seen potato salad, but not
1: tea. Yeah, she she actually came up with the idea for that. And the the yeah, the coolest fact that it Steve's red is just awesome. Like that's just <laughs> such a tie-in, it's so cool.
2: It took me a long time to figure out how to do that. I was like, Do I do it with strawberries? And the internet was like, No, don't do that.
0: Very cool. So so you guys are you're getting close to you're about thirty four percent funding as we record this, but you've still got thirty four days to go. Yeah, so, we got a
2: thousand dollars in one day. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's fantastic. So if people want to help you guys out, if they want to contribute, tell them where to go.
2: The best place to go is always www.theredshirtdiaries.com. There's a lot of pictures there that will lead you right to the Indiegogo campaign. Uh, You can also go to bit.ly slash redshirtdiaries, and that's all lowercase, and that'll take you right to the campaign.
1: Or you can go to Indiegogo and literally type in the Redshirt Diaries, and it'll be right there. Yeah,
2: it'll be the only one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, and what if people want to help you spread the word? So apart from donating, like, do you guys have banners? Do you have anything that uh, people, any special tweet requests? Any ways that you want people to kind of be the red shirt army?
1: Oh, totally. If you go to our, our our Indiegogo, at the bottom of our Indiegogo, we have a section called Hailing Frequencies o- Open. And we tell you exactly what you can do to help share the word. Um, and we have a couple banners. We have a Facebook banner and a Twitter banner that you can share. And you can you can put up on your sites. And um we also are trying to do this thing. I don't know if it works or not, or I don't know how successful it is, but um we're trying to tweet George Takai and William Shatner. Uncle George and old Captain Will, to uh <laughs> Captain Kirk himself to uh get the word out to them and to see if they would retweet it. Uh I think we have a better chance with Uncle George than Will. But uh we'll see. Yeah.
2: He is my countryman though, so you never know. But we do understand that like not everybody can donate, even though our lowest tier is a dollar. And the most important thing that people can do is share just like with the episodes because it gets it to more people and it gets us a higher chance of funding the campaign and being able to make more episodes.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Getting the word out is the key, right?
2: Yeah.
0: What if people want to find you guys? Are you on Twitter, other places?
2: Oh, we're all over the place. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Ashley V. Robinson. I'm facebook.com slash ash. Victoria Robinson, because someone else had the name that I wanted. Um, I'm on IMDb, if you Google me. And Jason's on Twitter at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N, which is also his YouTube handle. And that's where you can go to find all of the Redshirt Diaries episodes. And you're on Facebook.com slash TV, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ashley is your spokesperson, Jason.
1: That's all I need. Um. <laughs>
2: So, said it so many times. That's also
1: a, a reward level in the Red Shirt Diaries Indiegogo season two.
2: That you can be our spokesperson? No,
1: that you can be somebody's spokesperson. Oh, it's sure, great. sure. Why not?
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining me again today, guys.
2: Thanks for having us. It means a lot.
0: Well, I hope everyone enjoyed hearing about Ashley and Jason's plans for season two of the Redshirt Diaries today, but this isn't the only thing we've been talking about here on the network. So here's a quick look at some other things you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Because we're basically pitching a, a story arc, right? like like we're Babylon 5 and we've got this five year arc, but yeah. we're going to have a three year
1: plus maybe the cartoons, plus the movie's arc. Earl Grey. Billy has 25 <laughs> self-stealing symbols. He needs to trade with a non-Federation species using a different currency. What does Billy do? The Orb. They've already been kind of to that next step. I mean, he massages her all the time. And well, he helps knows her out of the tub. Again. He knows that she <laughs> has
0: rashes on her thighs. Yeah,
1: are, so. exactly. <laughs> I mean, so to the journey. You know, talk about a, a heavy-handed message.
2: It, like literally on your back.
1: It, like literally on your back. Like I want you to feel the weight. You know, like this. <laughs> like this is the kind of non-subtlety that makes it fun.
0: Warp five. The fact of the matter is, Bakula is playing this character just as he should. It's true that Archer seems a bit uneasy, lacking in confidence, but he's the first human captain to see these strange new worlds.
1: The ready room.
0: I haven't gotten to the point in my research where I'm I'm that caught up. I mean, I, I'm very much stuck right in season one of Next Gen and kind of have binders kind on of everything else right now. Yeah, boy, tell me about it. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. And we have kind of reached a milestone here a little earlier than you might think we would have reached that milestone. This is the final episode of Star Trek uh, for which we have a writing credit given to Gene Roddenberry. Commentary, Trek stars. And he wanted it the first part to be called Becoming Houdini and the second part to be called Being Houdini. Should have been called Houdini Begins. Yes. And Rises. Yes. Melodic Treks. At only 22 years of age, he conducted the Munich Symphony Orchestra using 110 pieces, a 60-piece choir, and a 30-piece children's choir. Sometimes you need the children to get them high notes. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all of these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe. If you're an Apple user, you can subscribe through iTunes or the Podcasts app on your iOS device. And you can stream through there, but one way you can help us out is to hit subscribe. That way you'll get the shows the moment I hit publish. And also that helps us rise up in the search results and it helps other Star Trek fans find the show as they're searching the iTunes store for podcasts. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find us everywhere that you get podcasts, including Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, BlackBerry, or you can go to our website and stream from the show page. You can download the MP3 file using the SoundCloud player on that page. Just look in the upper right corner of the player and you'll see the icon for that. And you can also grab the RSS link and pop that into any application that you like. While you're getting your podcasts, please take a moment to leave us a star rating and a written review. I love to hear what you think about the show, and that also helps us rise up in the rankings, and it helps other Star Trek fans find continuing mission. Another way you can help us out is to become a patron of the network through Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trekafilm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekafilm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels, along with all the great perks that we have for you. We have digital items that you can download, of course, which we put in the feed from time to time. But we also have other perks, like a chance to become part of our content development group or a chance to sit in on the recordings of your favorite shows. You can also get associate producer credits as well. We would love to have you be part of the team. We want this to be everyone's network, so we hope that you'll go and support us on Patreon. It's really critical to making it possible for us to bring the shows to you every day and every week. We hope you'll join our team. Again, that's at patreon.com slash TrekFM. And I'd also like to take a moment to thank our associate producer, Michael Frisbee. Michael is a big supporter of the network, and he is a member of our content development group, as well as associate producer here on the show. If you're a fan of the Mirror Universe, you should go over and check out what Michael is working on, Star Trek Imperium. If you're a Facebook user, you can find them there on Facebook by typing Star Trek Imperium into the search field. That's probably the easiest way, or facebook.com slash Star Trek Imperium HQ. We really thank Michael for his support of the show and the network and his help in getting this out to you guys every week. So go check out Star Trek Imperium. And we hope you'll join us again here on the team as well. If you'd like to send some feedback on today's show and let us know what you think about the Red Shirt Diaries, I would love to hear from you. There are many ways that you can get in touch with us. If you go to our website at Trekdotofilm/contact, you'll see a form there. Choose to send to a show and choose Continuing Mission, and that will come to me by email. You can also go to our listeners group on Facebook. It's called the Babel Conference. That's B-A-B-E-L. And it's a replacement for the forums that used to be on our website. It's a closed group for our listeners. We have a lot of members there. We're having great discussions all the time. And I'd love for you to join us. Just go to Facebook and type the Babel Conference, again, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field, or go to our website and click Discussion on the menu bar or on the show pages. You'll see a little icon underneath the SoundCloud player that says Discuss. That'll take you over there as well. Just go over and click Join, and I'll let you right on in and come take part in the conversation there. Can't wait to see you over there. If you're on Twitter, which is one of my favorite places to be, you can also find us. Our username is TrekFM. Our regular page on Facebook is Facebook.com slash TrekFM. You can also send me a voicemail, and I'd love to hear your voice. And the way that you do that is to look in the left sidebar on the website, and you'll see the little tool for that. Or just go to SpeakPipe.com, the word speak and the word pipe. And you just need the microphone on your webcam or your smartphone or your tablet, and you can record a message to me and upload it to me as an MP3 file. So I'd love for you to do that as well. If you'd like to find me personally, you can find me on Twitter. My username is c brian jones, letter C and Brian with a Y. I'm also on Facebook, facebook.com/c brian jones, and of course I am in the Babel conference all the time. So if you come join us over there, I'd love to talk to you about Star Trek. One more thing I would like to tell you about before I let you go is our sponsor for today's show, audible.com. Audible is the best place to get your audiobooks. I just downloaded another one this morning myself, and that makes hundreds and hundreds for me because I've been an Audible customer for about 15 years now. Really hard for me to believe, but I love Audible. It's a wonderful service. And if you love podcasts, you're going to love audiobooks. And best thing is, as a Trek Him listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice just for trying the service. All you need to do is go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm. That's audibletrial.com trial.com slash and sign up. Choose whatever book you like, absolutely free. And if at the end of the trial you decide not to stick with Audible, there's nothing to lose. You'll get to keep that book. But when you try Audible, it really helps us keep the show coming to you because we'll get a bit of money from them, which helps us cover the cost of production and distribution and all the other just myriad things that are involved in producing these shows for you guys. Every day, And we love to do it and we want to be able to keep doing it. So go over and support our sponsor, Audible, as well. One more thing you might find really interesting is this project that Larry Nemeczek and I are working on these days called Enterprise in Space. It's a project of the nonprofit National Space Society that will design and launch an eight-foot orbiter and return the craft to Earth. The NSS Orbiter will carry more than 100 student-designed science experiments into space. They'll orbit the Earth. We're going to return the orbiter and then put the experiments on display, of course, and put the orbiter on display in a museum. And you can actually go into space with the ship as a virtual crew member by supporting the project. But that's not the only way that you can be involved. You can also help design the ship because right now we have a design contest going. And if you have an idea... For what the NSS Enterprise should look like, you just need to submit it. You don't need to be an engineer. We have people who have worked with NASA and other places that are going to handle that part of it. We just want your ideas for what the ship should look like. You can enter that by going to enterpriseinspace.org and you'll see the thing there for the design contest and while you're there you can find out about the educational components of the project which are really fantastic they're really important to me it's open to kindergarten through postgraduate so we're going to have a wide range of experiments here and best of all with your support of the project it's going to be free to the school children and the students to put their experiments into space and that's something unique about this project There's also a video there that tells you about the project, lots of other information. So go check it out at enterpriseinspace.org and learn how you can donate. You can become a virtual crew member. You can become a member of the National Space Society. And best of all, you'll be helping put an enterprise into orbit and just helping us get to a better future. Again, that's at enterpriseinspace.org. Well, thanks once again to Ashley and Jason for dropping by today. I really had a blast and again, I think they've done a brilliant job. If you haven't watched The Red Shirt Diaries yet, go to their website, watch all 10 straight through. It's a really fun experience. And then go help them out and help them get this next season of episodes put together. I really love what they're doing there. And they're just great people and so much fun to talk to as well. And I hope you'll join me here again next time on this continuing mission. And let's once again see what's out there.